How you doing? I'm Doug Devaney and you're listening to the Plastic Podcasts, tales of the Irish diaspora, we all come from somewhere else. Find out more about us and subscribe at www.plasticpodcasts.com. You're listening to the Plastic Podcasts minicast, the second part of my interview with Neve Lear. Neve Lear is a third-year PhD student at Newcastle University and is currently looking at the curious phenomenon of passport paddies. It also turns out that she and I share a curious familial bond. And right now, I want to know what she means by passport paddies. My research is focused on the second-generation Irish in Britain, uh, specifically in in London, um, and how they're experiencing... Uh, and negotiating their Irish identity in uh, Brexit Britain. And so I think like most people would have heard of the increase in passport applications, um, particularly from second and third generation Irish people uh, after the Brexit vote, because obviously an Irish passport, you retain your EU citizenship. And I'm looking not just at people who have applied for passports, but looking at like an area of an area of the diaspora um, millennials, so people born sort of mid eighties uh, up until nineteen ninety, oh ninety seven, I think it is. I can't, should know that off the top of my head, but I don't. Um, but the millennial sort of generation, so people who are born, um, sort of not born after the troubles, but kind of came of age after the Good Friday Agreement was signed, and um, and how they're how they're either identifying more with their Irish identity. Some of them have always had Irish passports. Some have had them since Brexit. Some haven't applied yet. Some wouldn't consider applying. And, and just looking at the different ways that their, that their identity and the way they're choosing to express it has or hasn't been changed by um, the vote to leave the European Union. <laughs> so so you, you, you've raised the term um, passport paddy. Yes. I mean, I wouldn't like to say that I came up with it. I, I, I haven't seen other people using it before I used it, but that's not to say it's mine. Um, it's the, the way I des- I'm describing the people who've accessed their Irish citizenship for their passport um, as a result of the, the Brexit uh, referendum. Um, and it's just a sort of play on the, the plastic paddy which uh, I got for most of my life and I still get um, and so I think when you look at when I'm when you look at the sort of people I'm speaking to there are some people who've always had their Irish passports and for a lot of them they're, they're quite concerned about people who are accessing their passports now um, in the sense that they feel they've had their authenticity and their, the authenticity of their Irish identity questioned and challenged their whole life. Um, which I mean, I relate to like, it, it's, you, you're always trying to defend it. And they've, there's been quite a backlash again, against the increase in applications in the last sort of four or five years in Ireland. Like people aren't happy about it and people do feel like there's a lot of people who are just jumping on, the bandwagons, so so to speak, just to get their citizenship, and it's particularly complicated by the um, the national the the citizenship laws in, in Ireland and the fact that people who are born in that country are not necessarily entitled to citizenship, and rightly so. Like that is seen as unfair that people then who've never even stepped stepped foot in Ireland 
uh, are accessing their, their citizenship and this sort of backlash you see then people who have been called plastics or or, or have had that authenticity questioned in that way their, their whole lives they're now turning around and trying to separate themselves from people who are just trying to get a passport um, I'm saying that with like air quotes around it. I, that's that's not my personal perspective of it, but um, a lot of people do think of it like that, and they're they're creating the, these new boundaries between them as people who've accessed their Irish citizenship because they are Irish and because they feel Irish, and and like whether or not there's European um, benefits applied to it, and then this new wave of of what I've called passport paddies. Has something similar happened with other diasporas from other uh, European countries? There has been uh, applications, Italian, I think. The the thing is, the Irish, the the citizenship uh, laws with Ireland is in two thousand four. The, the referendum, uh, I think it was two thousand four, kind of pushed it towards really valuing dissent. Um, so that you can access it when you've not been born in the country which is and it isn't the same rules for all all the other european nations um so I, i'm pretty sure italy has similar similar guidelines uh, but it, it's been huge huge with with ireland particularly and i think part of that does does come from the situation in northern ireland and the fact that everyone in northern ireland is entitled to a, an irish passport um but there has been a huge increase and I think also just the the prevalence of people with an Irish grandparent so many people in in Britain have one Irish grandparent uh, and that's what you need to to be eligible um, as a result of the 2004 referendum um, so although it is happening it's not happening to quite the same scale right I just wondered if it was a specifically Irish problem or if it, there was a comparable a situation going on in Europe but also I wonder um, is it the fact that Britain is involved in this equation here I think that in terms of the the like negativity towards it yes uh, yeah I think that definitely plays a part um, inevitably there are tensions between Ireland and, and Britain and as someone who who would identify as both English and Irish but as an Irish citizen I I see it every day and it's played out every day. Like they're, they're like low level bubbling tensions a lot of the time, but there's always comments and there's always that sort of, um, yeah, like that just sort of discourse around it. And I, I don't think it's helpful, this, this idea of a British person with an Irish grandparent who's never been to Ireland, who's part of this, this league of British exceptionalism that's voted for Brexit now wanting to access the Irish citizenship. I think there's a really sort of negative, um, rightly so. I think like that sort of imagery, like that, that's not great. And I think Irish people rightly are defensive of, of their Irishness and their citizenship and, and don't necessarily want particularly the British um, taking some sort of ownership of that. That's a very, very specific. That's, I mean, that's, a, that's a huge number of qualifications to place on the person, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that they're, that they're British, that they never set foot in Ireland, that they voted Brexit and all this sort of thing. And it's, it, 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 it seems to me that where the, 
the the notion that you know that Ireland's biggest export is its people. That this is this isn't a, just a one way street here. That uh, that Ireland and Irishness has been sold across the world, and to the benefit of, if as much as the chagrin of the Irish. Well, yeah, exactly. I think um, I think this this idea that it's like Brexit voting people who've never been to Ireland who are trying to get Irish passports now. Like I, in my experience of people I've spoken to and the people that I've interviewed as part of my research, none of them that's their experience. A lot of them they've got an Irish parent. They they spent all their summers at home and like, in Ireland, um, and they they felt Irish. They just always had a British passport because it didn't matter. Like there, there wasn't huge, huge issues either way. Whatever you had, like as I said, like in the nineteen nineties and, and the early noughties, like the sort of political aspect of Irishness was taken away. So I, I've been speaking to people who were, um, like born in the nineteen sixties in Britain as second generation Irish, and they have a very different experience of it. Like choosing to be Irish came with a, a huge, huge burden. Um, as as you're aware, like being Irish in the 1980s, like it wasn't easy and identifying as Irish as a second generation person in the 1980s, it, it, it was it was taken aside. It was taking a political stance, whereas in 2000 and 2001, it wasn't quite the same thing. It was it was a lot easier. We were. You would just just needed a passport you know and it, it didn't matter both of them had the same entitlements and you lived in Britain so a lot of people had a British passport and, and it was easy enough for them and it's it's now that there are differences in what you're entitled to and now that things aren't necessarily the same and, and crucially I think now that Britishness is re representing something that a lot of people don't identify with people are now looking to to the Irish passport it's not just a jump to a nationality I think we have to always bear in mind that holding a passport of any description is a huge privilege it's not just something you just go and get and um, there's a lot of money involved there's a lot of finding documentation involved like it, it, it's huge work and I think I think it's really reductive of it to just say they they just want a passport You're listening to The Plastic Podcast's Tales of the Irish Diaspora. In the last part of this interview with Neve Lear, we talk about the impact of recent events on that depoliticisation of Ireland that her generation have enjoyed. Inevitably, it's like the, the, the B word hovers over us. It's like, yes. It's, it's great big shadow, and, and, and clearly this week in particular. And you talked about earlier the idea that um, for your generation, the notions of Ireland and Irishness had become depoliticised. Do you think that's true now? Well, here you go. Here's a little exclusive into my 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 conclusions to my PhD. Um, I think I think it's changed. I think Irish identity is politicised once again, and I think it's becoming politicised because of Brexit. Um, like the amount of when I when I set out to do my research, I was like, oh, I wonder if people will feel more Irish because they've got an Irish passport. And for some people, I think I think they felt more Irish. But the, the bigger thing was that they wanted an Irish passport, not to feel more Irish, like not necessarily like that. Like the the primary motivation wasn't necessarily that they were going to get EU rights and they could have freedom of movement. Like that was all like nice additional extras. 
mostly it was about rejecting the British exceptionalism that Nigel Farage and Boris Johnson have come to to represent and that Brexit has represented globally in in the last five four five years um like my people just saying that they they didn't want to hold a British passport and get off a, a plane going into a European country like they didn't want to have to hand that over because they they didn't recognize or identify with or agree with the the sort of rhetoric that the leave campaign were peddling and the the anti-migration sort of vibe that that was underlying a lot of that discourse and that they really don't identify with it and in that sense they're in this in a similar way that in the 1980s you you picked what side you were on in the troubles they're they're picking a side now they're they're rejecting um that 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 viewpoint um that a lot of young people disagree with i don't want to say all of them obviously but it's yes i i think it is brexit is is repoliticizing the irish the second generation irish (laughs) And, and and so the cycle goes round again because as we were discussing in our preamble to this interview you you were talking about how the republic of ireland exists as a, as an opposition to britain yeah so i mean the irishness as we know it today the it, it it's an irishness developed of a nationalist movement um if you look back into the history of irish dancing or the history of of the the ga or things like that a lot of it came from the diaspora so people who there's a point in ireland where like you 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 would struggle to play the gaelic games and things like that like it it wasn't wasn't allowed and oh it was i'm pretty sure it wasn't allowed um it was definitely frowned upon and so those sorts of elements of irish culture were sustained in the diaspora people went abroad people went to america and they they could they could play them or they could they could do Irish dancing and they could sustain that that Irishness which is a resistance to to Britishness and to specifically Englishness um the the usage of like Britain United Kingdom England is is very specific um because Englishness quite often gets subbed in for Britishness and Britishness is not the same as Englishness um but Englishness as a thing sort of overtakes Britishness um so I do mean Englishness in in that in that sense um and so so the Irishness that we know like the 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 country in itself exists as a reaction to Britain and I don't mean that that like Ireland didn't exist for Britain, of course it did, but the Republic of Ireland as a nation state exists as a rejection of Britishness and the British Empire. And therefore you're sort of that's that's why I think you have American Irish, you don't have British Irish, because the two terms just don't go together. You have the Birmingham Irish or the London Irish or the Tyneside Irish, you don't really have British Irish, even though there's so many British and Irish people, and that that's it was 
it wasn't until 2011, I don't think, that Irishness was even an option on the, the census um, for your ethnicity, I think it was. Um, so, like, the, the part, like, there's so many Irish migrants in this country, there's no official statistics on it because it's not really measured very easily. They, they don't really know exactly how many Irish people are here. Um, and I know, um, I'm pretty sure it was 2011 census, they introduced Irish in the ethnicity column and they thought more people would, would select that and that would give them a better idea of pe people who were English or British or, or Welsh or Scottish, but who had Irish ancestry. But very few people actually selected the Irish for the ethnicity. Um, because it's very hard, I think, a lot, also because a lot of people commute in some senses between the two countries um, they don't necessarily live full-time in either place and so that the, the numbers are very wavy like no one there's no definitive number um, there's so many people who have mixed Irish British ancestry but you you can't be British and Irish at the same time no, I think it's and and also it's like it also becomes that thing where you identify as white other. I think um, yeah. it, was, it was it was the phrase that was it was used, and there you you put to one side a uh, a population that includes the mixed race Irish diaspora, um, yes. and, and 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 so forth. But what I wanted to talk about was just how the how the how the how the history of this goes in in the kind of cycle that. Um, that the adopting of a, of a of an Irish passport is a rejection of Britishness in as much the same way as the founding of the Irish state, of the of the Republic of Ireland, is a rejection of Britishness. Yeah, I think there's there's definite parallels to be drawn there. Like it's it is interesting. Um, as I said, like it, it's once again looking at the the second generation of the 1980s and how they they made a political statement with their Irishness. And that is what we're seeing currently in the millennial second generation who are making a political statement with their Irishness. But then we also have it, and, uh, and, and, and dare I say, that across the water, there is another, uh, another cycle going on there, which is this, no uh, this, uh, this notion of Ireland for the Irish. Which is that that the that the um, the reaction against the people that we describe as passport paddies here uh, means that there's a much more a, a, a sense of uh, some people wanting to shore up that notion of Ireland being as uh, Ireland being as, as as the home of the Irish and and to almost reject the notion of the diaspora. I think that that that's a really that's not really a new thing. The the um... In the light of Brexit, though, it might be a dangerous thing. Yes, in light of Brexit, it might be a dangerous thing. But I think, I don't know, I feel like there, there's always been hostility between those who remained and those who left. And What do you put that down to? I don't, I think it's really tricky. I think there is a sense, because traditionally, I don't know, traditionally is not the right word, um, historically, people have emigrated from Ireland because they've had to, um, whether it's been famine or if it's economic downturns, recession, um, it's been a necessity for them to leave. And I think there has been a sort of discourse of them like jumping ship 
and going off for this easier life somewhere else whereas someone stayed back and have have struggled through those difficult times and so I think there is a sense of like well in my hierarchies of Irishness um I call them like the proper paddies like we never jump ship we've always been here and we'll always be here and they're sort of at the top of the pyramid Mm -hmm. and then you have those who've left who are a little bit less Irish because of it you do have the the converse um I was reading something I can't think for the life of me who it's by which is terrible um the other day about um how people who have left and have returned the uh, the elastic Irish the elastic paddies yes the elastic paddies the ones who've gone back the boomerangs um how there's a, a different sort of hierarchy in Ireland of them being like well you've never left you don't know what else is out there um but for 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 the purposes of these conversations, I think it, it's very much like the those who stayed feel like they struggled, and that those who left sort of gave up and had an easier an easier time of it. Um, that's not to say everyone did or everyone does, but I think there is that sort of feeling somewhere under the surface. I'm like, fair enough. It was it was tough in Ireland. Um, and and has been and i'm sure it will be again and um, and it, it goes in cycles doesn't it what's been the response um when you got across to ireland in order to do your research to, to to the paper that you're 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 preparing this one i haven't actually taken this this one um to ireland but generally people are quite interested in it um i haven't had i mean you get the odd the odd comment um uh generally something along the lines of all oh, plastics um but i think generally people are, are quite open to understanding and wanting to know a little bit more because i do think it is whether or not you you like the fact that there are people applying for more passports or whether or not you like it i think um i was <laughs> speaking to someone the other day about it and i think they were just excited about the fact that it was something addressing the 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 british (laughs) and the fact that they were like well brexit is stupid isn't it and it almost felt like like they felt like it was a one-up on on england yeah i think i mean it's 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 certainly the case with the with with these podcasts as well in as much as we're not just commenting on irishness we're also commenting on englishness britishness call it what you will it's it's the it's the it's the um it, it it's the life within this country as experienced by people who's who, who either themselves or their forebears have come from somewhere else, um, yeah. Who are, for want of a better term, exiled from their from their home from their home country because they 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 come across not so much out of choice but out of necessity. Um, yeah, but and, some kind of, some come out of choice, and I think mm-hmm. that that's that like the, the a lot of people had to leave. But many people chose to leave, do you know? So I think we have to, I don't know, recognise that as well. Like, I think Ireland has had a terrible time of it in a lot of ways, um, and I'm, I, don't, I wouldn't want to deny that. But it's not all been terrible all of the time. Um, oh, no, I don't want to put that kind of... No, no, know. no, but I think the, the, the sort of discourse around the Irish migrant is like a poor, starving 1980s peasant and actually the reality is is particularly during the the year of the the Celtics high like the Irish are very well educated very qualified 
economic migrants who weren't necessarily leaving because they had to. Um, and there's a lot of capital and a lot of power in, in the Irish diaspora. And I think that's something we should celebrate. One final question, which is, what does being a member of the diaspora mean to you? Oh, God. That's such a question. Um, I know that's why I leave it to last. What does being a member of the Irish diaspora mean to me? Um, I think You say diaspora, I say diaspora. Diaspora, you say diaspora. Potato, I... I say potato. <laughs> I think for me, it's, it's, it's so much to do with family. Um, like, my mum's got a really big family. Like my dad's family are great, but there's not many of them, do you know? And my mum's got this big, far-reaching family. And it's, it's, it, it's that. And it's having those connections and the possibilities that lay within that. And in the sense that there are people who, who are related to me in some stretch of something who are all over the world doing weird and wonderful things. And, and that sort of gives you hope for, for what you can do because you've got so many different experiences that people have had. And they're not just like these distant people who don't exist. They're people who have the same great grandparents as you. And I think for me, that's knowing that and, and seeing seeing the possibilities that life has like when when I was growing up in Bedfordshire like it wasn't uncommon for people's cousins to go to the same school as them and for their parents to have gone to that school as well and I remember being like what will you go to the same school as your cousins do you mean your cousins don't live a long way away or like you don't have family in Chicago or like and I'm always thankful for the breadth of experience that I have been able to see and observe and understand and that the, the, the lack of impossibilities that that has given me. And I think for me that that's, that's kind of what it means, I guess. <laughs> You've been listening to The Plastic Podcasts, tales of the Irish diaspora, we all come from somewhere else. With me, Doug Devaney, and my guest, Neve Lear. Music by Jack Devaney. Find out more about us and subscribe at www.plasticpodcasts.com or you can pay us a visit through Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. The Plastic Podcast has been sponsored using public funding by Arts Council England.